Um, I think this is, I guess we're getting our, we're getting off to a good start considering how many indie podcasts are so terrible right out of the gate, including my own. I think it's going to be much, much better. Hello, welcome to the inaugural edition of Little Red Bandwagon. This is episode one. We had an episode zero just to test out uh, the system, but this is the real thing. We are going to recap last week's TBTL episodes. We are going to interview Christy. She is our guest tonight. The first two weeks, we will be the guest. Christy is my guest tonight. I will be her guest next week. And Christy will get a chance to play her favorite TBTL segment of all time. And we'll talk about that. Um, we are going to, uh, tonight, just to set the table, we're going to Talk about the evolution of TBTL, the different iterations of it, the origin story. We'll talk about that in a minute. We also will uh, will give you some TBTL-isms, which we want to do on a regular basis. If you are a relatively new listener to the show and you're trying to catch up, uh, we'll give you some terms that are used on the show. Uh, we're going to do a weekend review, as I mentioned. And then, of course, as I said, we are going to uh, talk to Christy about her favorite segment. So... Christy, uh, hello. <laughs> hello, darling. How are you doing tonight? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing very well. Um, I forgot to introduce myself. Of course, my name is Mike Frizzell, a.k.a. Drew McFrizz. Christy is CYS, um, and she has been listening to the show more or less from the beginning. I think we both picked up a little bit after it started, but we went back and completed our listening of the whole thing. Christy... Tell people that don't know the whole story, how did TBTL get started? So Luke was living in New York and he moved back because he had a he had a small daughter at the time um, and he missed her. So he moved back to Seattle, had no job. And Jen was working as a producer at Cairo and she wanted to get they were old friends from elementary school. and they want, She wanted to get him a show on Cairo. So they met and came up with kicks some ideas around and they had decided that they wanted to have what they called the arrested development of radio. Mm -hmm. They didn't care if anyone liked it. They just wanted to have fun, even if it got canceled after a week. Well, like any and good Jen comedy, it's like you want to make each other laugh and then whatever happens <laughs> after that, be damned, right? Exactly. Exactly. And she always called it uh, catching fireflies in a jar. It'll be bright and it'll probably die, but it's great. And then Luke from the beginning was always saying it's just going to be too beautiful to live if we can get it to be like how we want it. And that's the name they came up with. Did were, were was fireflies in a jar actually considered F F I A J? No, I, I don't think so. Although it is a t-shirt. Oh yeah, that, that's right. I have Remember? that. I have that t-shirt. Me too. Me too. Um, but uh, I think that's just kind of Jen's theme. And she actually didn't like Too Beautiful to Live until Luke said, oh, but we'll, we'll call it TBTL. And then she's like, sold. Let's do it. Okay. So they came up with the name. They came up with the show. And it was Luke and Jen and the um, the engineer, Sean. Christy, did the show start in 2007, 2008? Where, when did the radio show first start? 
Um, January 2008. Okay, so they were on the air uh, on the Cairo Airways, first on AM and then on Cairo FM, and from January 2008 until September of? 2009. Okay. and Not so, very long. It seems like it was on longer, but I guess not. So they they were... They went to podcast after that, and how long was that going on with Jen? That the, the, there was sort of a limbo there where they were recording it at Cairo, then in his in Luke's basement studio. I mean, that was kind of a kind of a weird time because Sean was coming over sometimes and sometimes, sometimes. not. Yeah, because he still worked for Ron and Don, which started at three, mm-hmm. so he had to take a bus and like get out of there. Um, I'm not quite sure how long Jen would come and it would only be random because then she hit the road. They sold all of their stuff and went on a road trip around the U.S. Right. And and I can really identify with what happened after that because uh, I happen to be part of a podcast that's had a lot of audio problems. And, you know, not 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 entirely uh, not entirely not because of Skype and Skype for mm-hmm. for that period of time. I mean, some days it worked beautifully, but other days you could tell the frustration was really coming through. Well, and also she was in these tiny little towns in the Midwest that didn't have probably the best internet access and they're trying to talk that way. Mm-hmm. So it, she would bail out halfway or they just would, you know, screw the whole thing over. And then Luke, remember when Luke was alone and the stick was holding up the whole operation? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and he, those days when he was alone, it was kind of, you were listening to a crazy person talk to themselves a lot. Yeah, you know. <laughs> I don't care how talented you are. Someone just talking into a microphone gets weird in a it hurry. It does. <laughs> and uh, then, then we get the introduction of Andrew. He comes on the show and they're doing it at Burbank studios and, and back at Cairo still. Mm-hmm. And then Luke moves to um, Port Townsend. And um, then Andrew moves to, to LA and they've been doing it on Skype ever since that. Well, and or, the new, well, no, not on Skype, but on an ISDN line. ISDN. So, yeah, so fancier so it's been, than us. <laughs> it's, it's been sounding great, but uh, Andrew had a full time gig, so he was always a little, you know, uh, harried and, you know, probably not as prepared or uh, as much of a producer as he wanted to be. But then they signed this deal with Infinite Guest a little while back, and now this is like week number two or three with the Infinite Guest Network. And Andrew is full-time producing, and the show really has been fantastic, I think. Yes, it definitely shows that they're both full-time, all-in on the show now. So let's explain um, the – this is our TBTLism of the day. We have a couple of them. Uh, the the phrase tens, explain that, Christy. I believe it was on the – it was in the first ten episodes, Luke was – was talking about something and he goes, we have literally tens of listeners. And then someone, the first fan letter came in and called herself a 10 of 10, called herself a 10. And then it stuck ever since. So we've all called ourselves tens. Listeners of the shows are tens. That's what we've called ourselves. Well, it, it, it makes sense in the context of the show, but like when I'm driving around and my, I have a bumper sticker that says 10, (laughs) <laughs> there are a lot of disappointed fellas when they <laughs> pull up next to old clip club. <laughs> I know. 
me too. I'm like, I, I just don't, I don't want you to think that I think I'm a 10 or something yeah. like that. I mean, I'm an, I'm an Austin six and an, probably a Seattle seven, but <laughs> in no way am I a 10, but I am a TVTL 10. Yes, exactly. I'm a 10 and a 12, a Seahawks fan. So I oh, have both. Yeah. Jeez. You're racking up some numbers. <laughs> right. So uh, the other phrase we wanted to explain, because the podcast is called Little Red Bandwagon, uh, what is the, where does Little Red Wagon come from? Because that's where we got Little Red Bandwagon. Okay. So one year, well, every Lent, usually, Luke decides to to stop drinking. And, you know, you get back on the wagon, meaning, you know, you're not drinking. And mm-hmm. he found just a YouTube video of someone singing an old camp song. You can't ride in my little red wagon. And so now that's that's a TBTLism as well. You can't ride in my little red wagon. Boo uh boo uh boo uh uh So we thought in honor of like the the you were just talking about the twelfth man, the Seattle yeah. bandwagon of fans. We are a bandwagon <laughs> of fans of TBTL and we're probably just as obnoxious as <laughs> Seattle bandwagon fans. And <laughs> Even fewer people want to hear what we have to say, but we have this niche now, this little place on the internet called the uh, the LRB, and y'all are in here, and we can talk about it without being judged. So you've you've reached a safe place, everyone. <laughs> and you all have, especially when you don't have friends that listen, and you're trying to explain. Oh, I heard it on this podcast. Well, what what's that? Oh, well, it used to be a radio show, and you go through the whole yeah. explain, especially someone that doesn't know what a podcast is you have to explain what that is and then oh it used to be a radio show and and it's in seattle but it's not in seattle anymore and we're all we're all kind of friends but we've never met and <laughs> well, it's just yeah the alternative to, to telling everyone is a radio show podcast and doing all the explanation the alternative is to just say oh well my friends were talking about that and then then you are subject to probing later when someone says like well who, what friend was that and you have to explain <laughs> Well, it's actually just some guy who I just kind of maybe met a few times. <laughs> right. <laughs> he doesn't ever return my emails, but, you know, I call him friends. <laughs> right. Well, you know, when you email him about doing a podcast about his podcast, you get a prompt response because, right. you know, he is Luke after all. And right. it's super flattering to have somebody doing something like this. So, uh, but now it's time for the TBTL Week in Review. And, you know, we may be critical at times. So, you know, Luke, turn it off at this point. <laughs> Andrew, we, we want you to listen to this because you need to grow as a human. <laughs> so uh, we're just going to go over uh, the week's podcast. Uh, Monday, it was uh, Kristen Schaal was the guest. And this is the, this is the podcast that I guess got TBTL up to near the top of the the podcast list on iTunes and, and definitely toward the top of the comedy podcast list. Kristen Shaw, they put her picture up there and I'm sure a lot of new listeners came in on that. And if you're, if you've gone this far, welcome. You're very brave new listener. <laughs> uh, but that was a good interview. She was so nice. She, how, how, how accommodating is that woman? She, she was pretty nice to roll with it. Um, have you been watching her on that new show? I have been. And um, I kind of was hoping that in real life she was more like her 30 Rock character, just kind of evil, twisted, but she's more like her last man on earth, you know, following she, rules. And <laughs> She was one of the um, pages, right, on 30 Rock? Yes. 
Yes. Okay, I remember that. Um, so that was good. They talked about the jinx, which was the big thing that jumped off over the weekend. And I hadn't been watching it, but Emily had been watching the jinx and was trying to tell me, oh, God, you got to watch this. You got to watch this. And then I heard this whole thing go down. And we watched the latest episode that night, I think the night before Luke and Andrew talked about it. And it was a fucking mind blower for sure. Are you guys watching that? Are you into that? I haven't watched it yet. It was someone had texted me the day before he actually got arrested and said, "You, if if you like cereal, you need to be watching this. And then all of a sudden I woke up and it, it blew up. But I'm still going to watch it. Well, the thing about it, and I'll, I will bring my own experiences to this podcast. I was a 38-time felon. I, uh, I was a uh, drug addict and I robbed banks and I turned myself in. I did time. Most of you know, know this, but you know, if you're new, you don't. <laughs> so I have a lot of experience with prisons and prisoners. And this is a guy, and, and I met guys like this who just want to be recognized for what they've gotten away with. Um, you know, I, you haven't, you haven't uh, watched a show yet, Christy, but when you do, I think you'll see a, an old man who has plenty of money, but what he doesn't have is respect. And even though it's a weird kind of respect to have gotten away with murders, uh, it is a respect and, and it is a currency that, that you can trade in, in prison. Um, but unfortunately he also has a lot of money, so he's going to be in a little bit of trouble. He's going to get shaken down for some money in there. Fortunately he has it. So, you know, uh, well, and I, he has to, I mean, we can talk about this later off there, but I, he had to know what he was doing. He did this on purpose. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You don't reach out to a documentarian person or however you say it to record your story if you don't then want to weirdly confess in the bathroom. Right. Right. And, and, and just another thing from personal experience, there are some other crimes that I did besides the bank robberies, but I don't talk about them in public because I was never charged or convicted right, right. of <laughs> them. A statue of limitation. on I that stuff. got away with it and I'm happy. I'm fine right. with that. I, I have no intention of going back and doing time for uh, some, some things that I'll tell you about off the air, but uh, you're not a psychopath that's that's where it ends <laughs> right right i admitted to what i did and you know got whatever tiny bit of respect for getting away with it that's fine but this guy really just seemed like he wanted to get caught if only to be able to say he got away with it if that makes any sense at all yes all right so other than that monday show uh take it or leave it i wish andrew had done a better job uh, producing the Monday show, but you know, you'll get better over time. <laughs> the, the Tuesday show, uh, places to go and hot dogs to eat is the name of the show. And they did an episode. I'm sorry. They did a, they did a segment that they rarely do. And I've always thought it was for good reason. And mainly because, um, Jennifer didn't like it was they were call takers. They took calls and this, more often than not turns into a disaster, which sometimes they make comedy gold out of. But <laughs> what what happens is they put out the call. It's like, we're taking calls. And the people see that they're taking calls. And it's just like a knee-jerk reaction. It's like, oh, they're taking calls. I'm going to call. And nobody thinks about... Right. What's going to happen yeah. when they answer? <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> right. Do I have anything to ask? Do I have anything to say? Because... I mean, I'll be honest, when that thing comes up, I'm like, yeah, that'd be cool. I'll, I'll talk to Luke and Andrew. And then, then I kind of rack my brain and go, 
Oh, yeah, I got nothing. So very often that's what it is, is, is people just want to call and they want to get through and talk to Luke and Andrew, but they don't really have anything to say. <laughs> but the callers on, t- on, uh, on Tuesday were amazing. And when I'm wrong, I say I'm wrong. When I'm wrong, I say I'm wrong. And I was wrong. Zach from New York and Kelly from Maple Valley. These were not only the two best callers I've ever heard on TVTL. They were among the two best callers I've ever heard on talk radio anywhere. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, Zach knew his TVTL history, so he's not going to be doomed to repeat it. He, he was fun. He was up on the show. He was playful. Um, what, what disturbed me though, Christy, and we're intergenerational. You're a much younger woman than me. How old are you, Christy? How old do I say, or how old am I really? Do you, do you mind saying how old you are? You are really, I'm 39. You're 39. Okay. Well, I'm almost 50. So, uh, let me say this about mm, my childhood. Uh, I had a gay uncle, Gary, and he was everybody's favorite uncle. Fabulous guy, just the funnest guy who would take you to do stuff. And it was just, you know, he was a, he was a party, but I didn't know he was gay. I didn't even know he was gay. I don't think until I was in college, you know, even though he would bring his boyfriends around and you know, <laughs> never saw him with a woman. And he was about as effeminate as, as anyone in our family for sure. So, you know, all the signs were there, but I couldn't read them. Cause when, when I was a kid, I was just blind to it. There were gay guys in my fraternity, three or four gay guys. And I was kind of figuring it out toward the end. I was like, you know what? That guy who wears the bow tie and no shirt. <laughs> Class. <laughs> That guy could be gay. So like toward the end of college, I'm starting to figure it out. And then I figure out my uncle's gay and, and it's like, you know, scales falling from my eyes. Like, Oh, there's gay people everywhere. This is, this is amazing. Uh, They live among us. I'm so glad. (laughs) And, and so I go through like 20, 25 years where gay people are very apparent to me. I see them everywhere. And, and uh, I, I don't, I mean, even people that, that are closeted gays. I think I can see it, but as I've gotten older and as I've moved to a place like Austin, um, it's getting kind of broke. Uh, I, I can't tell. I can't even tell what sex people are anymore. But what I want to ask you, Christy mm-hmm. is, does it matter? You know, does it matter if someone's no, 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 does it, I, no, no, uh, yeah, does it matter if I can tell? Should should I be trying to tell? I don't think it matters because you're not uh, trying to date someone that's okay. gay. Well, I'm, I don't want to be judgmental, but I, I just I'm what I'm. I think what's happening is there is a generation now, maybe two generations of men that are are growing up in a way that I just. And, until they say something like like the reason I'm bringing this up is because toward the end of, of Zach's phone call. He mentioned that he was waiting for his wife to go to sleep so he could listen to TVTL. And I was like, his wife? Because I was – I in my mind, uh, my, I, I thought, oh, well, uh, this guy sounds gay. So he's gay. And then he mentioned his wife and I'm like, I can't fucking tell anymore. I can't <laughs> tell. But I, I mean I just want – I don't know. I, I guess it's broken. It will always be broken now because I'm not getting any younger. But I, I just want to know from you, does it matter? Should I even be talking about this? Am I a dick? Well, I wouldn't say you're a dick, but I don't think it 
it really matters to you. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Unless you're, you know, trying to do the wide stance in the bathroom in the public restroom. <laughs> oh, right. It like doesn't if matter. If it's some goal-oriented behavior, I need to know if you're <laughs> exactly. gay so that I can, I can reach under the stall. Exactly. Okay. Well, the, the other thing that's going to piss people off, the other caller, Kelly, she was amazing too. Um, I've never heard a more delightful person, especially from Southeast King County. You just don't get a lot of delightful people. True. She's from Maple Valley and I loved her. Uh, she made one mistake. She said that there were more than one, there was more than one Safeway in Maple Valley, but I'm pretty sure that there's only one and the other one is in Covington. So, okay. I just want to get that out. You're sharpshooting her. Yeah, I'm sharpshooting her on on her Safeway knowledge. Things may have changed in the last five years, but I spent a lot of time in Maple Valley because we had a restaurant there, uh, and I think I know it pretty well. So uh, the thing about um, Kelly that I wanted to bring up, and this is something that I've talked about on the Takedown podcast, which is uh, for those of you with stronger constitutions to listen to, Mm -hmm. is men – I, and I'll just speak for myself. When I was a younger man, I was kind of crazy. I did all kinds of crazy things. Obviously, I just told you I robbed banks. I was a drug addict. I treated people really badly. I, you know, I was a nut. And the only reason anyone hung out, hung out with me is because it was a shit show. It was fun. <laughs> so, as I've gotten older, you know, I turned myself in, did my time, got out, got a boring life. Um, I've calmed down and. And I get calmer every day, every year, every month, every day. Women, on the other hand, they kind of take care of us when we're younger. The women, younger women are, they're pretty sane and they kind of stay the course and they put a hand on our shoulder when we're crazy. Uh, And then as they age, as they get into their late thirties, early forties, they start to get a little nuttier. So I think there's sort of a, an intersection, like somewhere in the thirties where, where men and women are exactly the same sanity. And then women get a little crazier and men get a little saner as they get older. And Kelly was a delight. But the story that she was telling, it just, Christy, I don't know how closely you were listening, but some things like I needed more information. I need more. I need to talk to the other person. I need to ask more questions. Luke didn't ask enough questions to her. Needs to dig deep. We need to talk to that other person and really figure out what really happened. Because it doesn't add up. Yeah. Um, and I Andrew wa- got into it a little bit. Yeah, he did. He started probing and then it, it kind of stopped. But um, I, I just want to say if, if that's as crazy as Kelly's going to get, then, then I'm down. Uh, she's great. I mean, my, my wife, who everyone jokes that I've killed, if, if that were actually true, I would definitely look up Kelly. And, and you know, if – if she could tell that I wasn't gay, then then we might have a future together. But I, you know, I I hate to I hate to have brought all that up, but uh, I just these were the best calls. I just wanted to find some way to criticize, you know, and that that would be my gaydar is broken, and uh, and women get crazier as they get older. But uh, Christy, you're not old enough to start getting crazy, are you? I I don't know. I I hope not. I guess what about crazy is you don't know what's happening. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That is the one characteristic. But uh, but Kelly, I loved you and I love Zach. And uh, anyway, let's move on to Wednesday. And okay. the reason Wednesday is important is because they had a guest on 
who I was blown away by. I mean, the she, best guest I think in history. She was a goddamn delight. Uh, Christy Wise was the guest on Wednesday when she was talking with, uh, on Podcart about podcasts. That was the title of the episode. And Christy, uh, take us through your feelings. I mean, I kind of threw you in there. They asked if we wanted to be on, and I, I said, "Well, Christy would love to be on." <laughs> so, uh, how did how did that go in your mind? I I thought that it went really well. I was really nervous. They called me, what, 45 minutes late and I was at work. And so I was in just this meeting room, kind of huddled, hoping that no one was looking for me and <laughs> waiting, waiting. It was 45 minutes later and um, I had jotted down notes and ripped those up and started again and rewrote them. And then um, they called me and I listened to the first. So I was on kind of a hold or mute listening to the first section of the show. And that, that kind of calmed me down a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, they slid you in the middle there and I thought you did a fantastic job. Like Emily walked into the room after she heard it and, and said, uh, Christy's amazing. I don't think she'd ever heard you because she doesn't listen, listen to nerd out loud. Like I do. So she was, uh, she was you know, like really surprised at, at how uh, good and sweet that you sounded. Yeah, I've gotten a few uh, messages just to me personally that say I should take over Jen's role, which I would never do. And that's very flattering for people to say, but I, I don't think I would be able to do that. Well, it, I'm not good a, enough. If you just have a spreadsheet and a dream, you can do it. <laughs> exactly. I have ideas. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> the that particular show actually featured my moment of the week, my TV tale moment of the week when they were talking about Starbucks. Uh, Howard Schultz, the CEO of Starbucks, who if you're a Sonics fan, you have not really a complicated relationship with. You have a hate relationship with Howard Schultz. And he might be the nicest guy and he's into cause marketing. And and the reason the story came up, was, or the reason he came up is because he was having the Reese's right uh, hashtag race together on the cups if they wanted to, to start a conversation with about race with their customers in the Starbucks stores. Andrew started off the segment or was, was somewhere close to the top of the segment. He trolled us with some audio of Howard Schultz when he was announcing <laughs> that he was going to sell the team after. Well, let's be fair. He did offer up the team to a local buyer for at least 12 to 13 minutes before he sold it to the guys from Oklahoma City who wanted a pro sports franchise, who promised to keep it in Seattle. Anyway, right. Howard Schultz. How did you feel about Howard Schultz getting getting some love on that show, Christy? Oh, I have so many feelings about him. Um, first of all, it was hilarious that Andrew did that because he gets trolled constantly <laughs> with the game of cats. I, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> he gets trolled that way. He gets trolled by the listeners. He gets trolled by Luke. So him doing that, I laughed and then I was angry. <laughs> I was so angry. I was a huge Sonics fan, season ticket holder. Um, I once interviewed for Howard, recently interviewed for Howard Schultz's um, nonprofit and was in his private meeting room and there was a signed Sonics ball and oh. I was so pissed that that was in there i just blew the interview i really wanted to just grab the ball and run out and say this is for all the fans 
but uh, yeah, I had a lot of, a lot of feelings about that. I don't know. You know, if you're talking about historical bad guys, I would fit Howard Schultz somewhere in between like Genghis Khan and Stalin. <laughs> I like it. I, you know? I agree. And just this whole race, what, what is it called? Race for the race together, race together. It's a, it's a really dumb idea. And if he was so interested in race relations, why did he chase 20 to 30 black people out of Seattle? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then that left only five. You five know. left. Right. Yeah, exactly. Those five <laughs> dudes in the Rainier Valley because we don't count Tacoma. <laughs> so, so, um, they were talking about uh, Luke goes to Starbucks because the high-end coffee, and I do agree with him about this, the high-end coffee joints, we have a lot of them here in Austin, and I always drink drip. Emily usually drinks drip coffee. And you go to these high-end shops, and they have to put their own stank on it, and it's always terrible. They don't and it's want it. $7, and it takes 10 minutes to drip through this giant glass thing. Have you seen this thing? And and the and if you order wrong, the douchebag hipster that's working back there is like, "Well, did you mean this?" I'm like, "Just give me some coffee." Well, I I'm the same way. I, I we are kind of snobs about snobby coffee places. Like, if you want some fancy thing, then yeah, we'll go to the fancy place. But if you want a cup of drip, there are plenty of places to go where it's just you know. I I hate to say this but the coffee at mcdonald's is pretty fucking good the drip coffee at mcdonald's i don't i don't well, usually get anything else there but it's good it's because it's seattle's best coffee which starbucks ran out of town as well but yeah yes it's a much better brew of coffee but starbucks is one of those places where you can go to well when we went to kansas city that place is not gonna have anything worth anything in coffee but if you can find a starbucks it's you know that they've been trained and that they it'll taste like home and they won't mess it up. Yeah, and you can you can talk about Selma with the barista. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, if you're really if you're really craving a a, a political you know, racial right, discourse, your, you head on into scone. the Starbucks. Yeah, exactly. With your disgusting dry scone. Yeah. So uh the the on that show though the moment of the week, the clip I want to play made me even more angry than the Howard Schultz conversation. And the reason it made me angry is because it was so goddamn funny. <laughs> so uh, and, funny. I, and I didn't think of it. Um, so let's play it right now and then, and then we'll uh, chat about it just a little bit afterwards. You're a barista at Starbucks. I am a okay. super high powerful – or high-powered executive uh, for a uh, super high-powered high priest in the Church of Satan. <laughs> right. No, it doesn't matter what I am. I just wanted to make my. I just wanted to have a little bit of a, a fantasy of, of grandeur there. Um, whatever. I'm just some dude in line, and now okay. um, and I come up to you, and then you're going to take my order and, and, and broach this. Okay. Um. Uh, ma- macchiato. For Phil, hi there. Welcome to Starbucks. What can I get you? I'll take a uh, twelve ounce americano, please. No room. Okay. 
glug, 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 glug. I don't know what it sounds like when you make an Americano. <laughs> is there, there's no steaming, right? Do you steam something? No, no. It's just, uh, okay. it's just espresso okay. and hot water. Okay. And then I write race together on the cup? Is that how You're going to write race beginning? together at the cup. Okay. Yeah, I think that's one oh, okay. thing. But you're probably going to want to make sure that I see that, though. Okay. So um, hold on. This is uh, – I'm going to have – let's start over again. But I'm going to okay. narrate what my internal – I'm going to okay, narrate what my thoughts are as that's I good. like I identify like this. Okay. I like this. All right. <clears throat> uh, welcome to Starbucks. What can I get you? Hey, thanks. Can I get a uh, 12-ounce Americano, please? No room. Okay, great. Um. Boy, this guy looks like a real world-class dick. <laughs> Some high-powered corporate type in the Church of Satan. Man, I can't even. I can't believe I got up. I bet you he does not even understand how unfair our legal system is when it comes to the killing of unarmed black men. And maybe I need to just blow his mind right here and right now. Okay, I'm gonna write this on the cup. Race together. Here, uh, here you go, sir. Here's your. Um, here's your. Uh, so you just uh, got a message because you're the high-powered. I'm on my BlackBerry. In the church, <laughs> you're on your Nintendo Power Glove. I'm on my Nintendo Power Glove with the zip drive. So here's your. Uh, <clears throat> here's your Americano. I made it just the way you like it. No cream. And um, I don't know if you'll note what I wrote on the cup there. Race together. Oh, thank. Are you guys having a fun run? Well, a lot of uh, unarmed black men aren't having fun in this country because Excuse they're me? being shot by police. What? I'm sorry? Yeah. Maybe you've heard Michael Brown. Oh, yeah. Um, Eric Garner in New York. Some of these other people. What's your... Um, it's horrible. Your... Yeah, I'm familiar with both those stories. It's awful. So uh, do you think that the grand jury acted properly in Ferguson when they uh, failed to indict uh, Darren Wilson, the cop that, that shot Michael Brown? Um is it, you're asking for my you see there's a huge long line do you see all the folks behind wait. Me? it's like they'll 7 wait. in the morning we're on our way to work no it's a, it's fine they'll they'll wait just curious do you think you think that they should have arrested Darren Wilson because i don't think so i think that kid had it coming does Ooh, blow your mind does my <laughs> so is it weird to take money out of a tip jar because yeah. i'd like to retract here's what here's what i love is that no one's thinking, what if the barista is, like, just totally a terrible racist? racist? Just a total racist. Just, like, these these black kids in their hoodies and their Skittles and their Arizona iced teeth, they're a bunch of thugs. Uh, what if you just have, like, the worst employee who just wants to, like, spew terrible stuff and berate customers about how <laughs> Eric Garner should have been selling loose cigarettes? <laughs> I could definitely see it being problematic. But, you That's know. That's the kind of barista I would be. Yeah, I know. I know, because it's the only, it's the only kind of barista you know how to be. Uh, I was raised in a family of baristas who have very, very, uh, you know, uh, unsophisticated thoughts about race. Well, you know, baristing is taught at home. So. Yeah, that's right. So I don't know. Uh, and scene. Okay, so that clip. Um, I didn't see it coming. I'll admit <laughs> that. And that's one reason it was so funny. The racist barista. Right. How he never thought of that. You know, just like how he never thought about how much the Sonics would be worth if he had gone ahead and built the arena himself <laughs> and he, right. would, he would be reaping the huge benefits of the TV contracts right now. He would have made so much money. He'd be worth twice what he is now if he had just held on to the Sonics just like that. Uh, you know, he's 
He's got to be feeling bad about not anticipating the racist barista that's going to strike up a horrible conversation with some poor bastard. Right. And I would say that 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 skit was in the top 10 of Luke moments in history. Would well, you agree? Name, name some others. I mean, they've been doing a lot of really good role plays lately that I really enjoy that. Hmm. I just think some of his unintentionally funny things that he comes up with or his stories. I mean, even Friday, his story. I mean, I don't want to jump to Friday, but his story about him with the cab driver, just so random. It's so unluke like. Right. Well, let's let's talk about that. And let's skip to Friday. We can come back to Thursday. Friday's show was uh, titled Beard Weighs More Than Fat. Which is totally true. I've I've weighed them both. Um, Luke was talking about his drug use, and he's just like setting the record straight as to what kind of drugs he's tried, how often he tries them. And he mentioned that he tried cocaine one time with a Ethiopian cab driver that he'd met in was it New York, Washington D.C. Washington D.C. Okay, so he met this cab driver, and then he went to a party with this guy, and the guy put some uh, cocaine on the end of a key. And he snorted it, and he felt amazing. And let me just co-sign that for a minute. I have tried cocaine quite a number of times, and every time I take it, my first reaction is, don't ever do this again. This is the best. Um, My recommendation is if you hate money, if you really hate money, start doing cocaine because it's great, and and, and you'll, you'll get rid of all your money. Right. <laughs> that's that's what Brewster should have done for with his millions, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. He could have he could have well, especially I mean Richard Pryor at that point. It R- wouldn't have in been real acting. life Richard Pryor. Yeah. yeah, Richard Pryor really did that in real life, but just keep the camera on and we'll have we'll have gotten rid of thirty million dollars worth <laughs> of cocaine within a you know, a day and a half. Right. So Luke was talking about his drug use that day. My my question is why didn't Andrew talk about his drug use? Did oh, you think yeah. about that? And he he kind of he was interviewing him and asking a bunch of questions, but yeah, he never said anything. Yeah, you know, next time Andrew, instead of telling another hot dog or a toll booth story, <laughs> let's hear about what drugs you're using. Huh? Maybe pastrami is his drug. I mean, I'm not trying to be a hard butt here, but. <laughs> Maybe a little Andrew drug talk would be welcome. Yes. So uh, the other thing they talked about on Friday's show were the New Hampshire legislators. The kids, these kids brought a bill to make the red-tailed hawk the state raptor of New Hampshire because they already have a state bird. So they're, you know, these wily kids are doing an end around trying to get another bird in there by calling it a raptor. And the legislators were mad that it got through committee and that the kids – these like nine-year-old kids were wasting their time with this bill. So they were embarrassing themselves in front of these kids. And one of the legisla- sorry, legislators came up and uh, he, he used the bill about the red-tailed hawk to turn it into an abortion analogy. And I hate these one-note politicians. Yes. Like 
I understand you have your stance on abortion. I respect that. Abortion is I'll, – I'll say right now that is abortion is something that I've always been torn on. Like I, I, I agree with a woman's right to choose, but it's, you know, it's sad. It's, it's, it's something you don't want to have happen. Um, but you have these like one note politicians and they're going to turn everything into a debate about immigration or about abortion. So what I was thinking is, is like, what is the real life equivalent of this guy? You know, who's, who's the, the person that in your life that kind of has the same MO. And to me, it's, the long distance runner, the gluten free person, um, whatever it is, like they are going to weave that shit into the conversation no matter what. This guy was going to talk about abortion if the kids had brought up something about the state flower. He would have said like, "Well, if you get deflowered, don't you know, don't get rid of that baby." It's like, dude, <laughs> can can you just let the kids have a minute? Right, and it's very inappropriate to be talking about that with the kids anyways. Right. Right. First of all, you're 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 shitting on them for coming to the learning about the the government and how it works. Right. And then and then now we're going to describe how the DNC process tears the child limb from limb just as the red-tailed hawk tears the mouse <laughs> limb from limb. What the fuck, dude? I mean, so Christy, you you're not going to swear, but I'm going to be doing a lot of swearing if you haven't okay. started. All right, um, back to Thursday. Nothing compares to Tony. This was my favorite show of the week. Oh, my gosh. It was one of the top Andrew moments, I'll say. They they brought up a new segment, and that was – did they even have a name for it, Christy? I don't think he came up with a name. And and describe what the segment is. You uh, you Well, only Andrew did it. Look through your Google search history – and and shamefully tell what it was about. Well, the well, the, the, the not most... shamefully tell about, but his were shameful to him. Right. And the most interesting part about that is not not that you're ashamed, always have to be ashamed, but like if I were to look through my search history, there's a story behind every one. It may exactly. not be the most interesting story, <laughs> but I, as I, if I look through my search history from yesterday, it's recent enough where I can look at it all and go, "Oh yeah, there's a reason I did that stupid thing and why I looked that up." Um, and it, I think it, it promises to be a very interesting segment, especially if Luke starts to bring his own search history to the table, and if they're both honest. Right. <laughs> that's the that's the big thing. Right. Because it's hard, you know, like especially. If uh, if you have a little fun on the computer, you don't want to talk about that. Right. Um, or if with Luke, he looks up his own name five times. Oh, yeah. I forgot about the narcissism angle. That's going to be interesting to watch. But uh, the most the most intriguing thing was that this new segment kind of it brought forth a story from Andrew about a childhood friend named Tony. And this is a fella like Andrew didn't have a lot of friends when he was growing up. And this, this fella, you know, was a friend of his and, and, uh, they, they stayed friends until I think Luke, uh, sorry, Andrew went to college and then they kind of grew apart, but they still saw each other sometimes. And, and Andrew was always embarrassed at this guy, you know, his worldview was staying really narrow. His sense of humor was confined to the sixth grade. Uh, and now through his dad meeting the other guy's dad, they're now back in touch through 
the telephone and they have this weird text relationship where the guy says sexist things and he says dumb things and, and racist things. And, and Andrew, you know, he's kind of stuck in, in this relationship. He has this, this friend who he can't seem to shake from childhood, even though he's grown on from where that friend is. Christy, as I mentioned earlier, I'm older than you, about a generation older than you. I have pretty much purged myself of all friends who don't agree with my stunningly accurate worldview and my <laughs> gaydar and my women get crazy theories. I, I've shunned all those people. I've, I've shuffled them off, but I bet you still have some. I do. And I'm in this weird age age range where we didn't grow up really with computers too much. So either they're completely computer literate because they just passed it, especially if people didn't go to college, um, or they're really into it. So I have some Facebook friends that still, after all this time, don't understand that when they're posting something <laughs> that it's not a private message. Right. <laughs> right. And and they're typing in text speak with a U instead of Y-O-U and, and stuff like that. And I just look at this and think, this person is my age, first of all, and completely illiterate. How did they graduate even from high school? So well, I have I have kind of that. And um, I have been weeding people out just because, you know, life's too short to hate people um, and and to have Facebook make you mad. But at the same time, I kind of like to get mad about this. <laughs> so so I just like or I'll or I'll fight on their page, you know, what you don't know what you're talking about or here's a link to why you're an idiot. I, I still have people on there that say if I if you pass this email on to the next ten people, Bill Gates is gonna send you to Disneyland. I mean I still have yeah. those kind of people on there. And I just I just like to send um Snopes or Snoops or whatever oh, it's called. Yeah, Snopes yeah, yeah. Snopes. Links and just say yeah. idiot. <laughs> well, we I've already asked when Andrew's going to reveal his his own personal drug use, his own personal history. Mm -hmm. He also needs to address why why are you responding to Tony at all? Yes. I mean, it's pretty easy. If it's just a text thing, you're not going to run into this fella down at uh Langer's Deli. Just Cut him loose. No, oh, that's a that's a good question. Andrew might be too nice a guy, though, and I think that's the reason he's still friends with me. So, I mean, Andrew never responds to my Facebook messages, so I don't know why he responds to Tony. Yes, <laughs> good point. Come on, Andrew, yeah, get and, it together. And, to, and Andrew and I have the same mindset. I went to school for a liberal arts school for uh, American cultural studies. I studied about racism in America. Mm. We're the same person. Yeah, well, he hates himself, so he's not oh, going to yeah. respond so, to okay. you. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> All right, I think uh, I think we wrapped up the week in review. So uh, let's move on to the next segment, and that is where we would normally have a guest and talk to them about their history with TBTL and play their favorite segment. But tonight, our guest is Christy. Hello, Christy. Hello. Christy. Thank you for having me on. Oh, it's our pleasure. I'm really glad you carved out some time in the middle of the night here on Saturday for us. Thank you so much. Um, and thank you for filling out the form at littleredbandwagon.com, which allowed us to find your clip and uh, be able to play it. So, Christy, tell me from the beginning, what's your history with TVTL as far as listening and meeting the guys? Okay. My 
I was, I listened to Adam Carolla and I was training for a breast cancer walk where you have to walk ungodly amounts of miles for days and days. And I would get bored. So I'd listen to Adam Carolla and that's all I really knew about podcasts. And my brother-in-law kept saying, you need to listen to this show, TBTL. It's great. And we really don't have that much in common. So I just kind of slept off like, okay, okay. Yeah, sure. I'll get to that. I'll get to that one. And then one time I was having dinner at their house and they played it because it was on seven to 10. And I just said, whatever this show is, I'm in love with it. It was the week they were doing Thunderdome, which I'm sure a lot of people have this as their favorite, where they try to live off $2 a day in food. It was they $2? For- God, I, I don't remember it being that low. They were living off $2 a day. Yes. And wow. they were training for the apocalypse. They did a whole training segment. Yes. Um, it, it was such funny. It was great radio. It was hilarious. And I was hooked. And then, so I started listening. I actually bought a Zune, um, which no one has those anymore. Hey, but if you, um, if I you had still that have because, it, I know there, there are some listeners who love yeah, that. Too. Yeah, I had one because it played radio. So I could have it and listen live on the show. And when Jen said she got married to the Star Wars theme, I just knew I had to be friends with her because I got <laughs> married to the Star Wars theme. So I'm like, we are, we're soul sisters right there. If you get married to the Star Wars theme, are you required to play the Empire Strikes Back at your second wedding or what's the... <laughs> or your divorce. <laughs> we just blew up our Death Star of a marriage. <laughs> exactly. Um, so then my first meetup or um, came a couple weeks after listening to them is the Mariners game where uh, Luke threw out the first pitch. Mm, I'm so jealous. It was so much fun. Did he really check the runners? Yes. Oh. It, it was hilarious. That's awesome. He had a whole huge section. It was a great introduction to an event, to tens, met a lot of great people. Um, and I got a crush on Sean DeTore. That's where it, it began, oh. meeting him for the first time. And then since then, I... I've been to every event that's been in Seattle, except for one other Mariners game with Andrew and um, Luke when they were doing the Dave Ross show because I was in the emergency room. But other than that, I've been to all of them. Including uh, the live show where I got married. Yes. Yes, I was there. I was a guest. Okay. Um, So that's your history with TBTL. The segment we're going to play is from the early days of the podcast when Jen and Sean were still making their way over to Burbank Studios DeBajo, his basement studios. And uh, I I mean, after listening back to it, Christy, Sean was so relaxed and so funny. I don't think he's ever been better. Yeah, the, definitely when he was on the podcast, he was much more relaxed than being in studio. Yeah, because at the times that, that I'd been in studio, Sean, when he wanted to participate in anything that was happening content-wise, he had to run back and forth from the control room. So, like, his his ability to contribute was <laughs> super limited. But in the early days of the podcast when he was coming over, especially in a clip like this, he's fantastic. Just there's no substitute for someone who's funny when they're relaxed, you yes, know? He, he was on it. This was 
and like I'm saying for all the other things, this was one of the top ten Sean moments. Other other than you know, his um, not trying to be funny ending up being funny. So the um, this this uh, it's a, an entire podcast. We're gonna play the first half of it. It has everything. It has the TBTL players, uh, which are um, the 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 folks that come on and do dramatic readings. They do a dramatic reading of a television theme song uh, in this episode. There are a lot of contributions from the Tens, Robin from Denver. I think the Stanwood guys are singing a, uh, a TV theme song here. And of course, Christy, this particular clip was something that you inspired. You inspired this entire podcast. Yes. And now I feel kind of like a a jerk for having it as my favorite, but it ended up being <laughs> one of the best episodes. I mean, my favorite episode ever. Um, I wrote in because they had done a love letter to Japan and and just had a theme song on it. And it just inspired me. And And you'll hear my letter at the beginning of the of it, but theme songs meant so much to me mm-hmm. that I just had to write it. And even though I had inspired it with my letter, and I actually here's a little known fact: I was supposed to be on the show. I was going to be in the quiz part, but I was in Mexico and my phone didn't work. Oh, um, that's which sad. I like it better as a fan. I liked that I wasn't part of it. Well, it worked out fantastic. I mean, the the segment was great. Was great. It would have been if if we were going to um, repeat our. TBTL history, we would throw you in there. But uh, what, I, what I wanted to say about this was earlier this week, I was bugging you about like, you know, can you get me that segment? Because I wanted to listen to it before we did the show tonight. And you were you asked me back question because I'm doing my thing next week. You said, are you going to play your TBTL interviews when you do your segment? And uh, it, it never occurred to me to do that. <laughs> because, and, and I wrote back to you, like, well, what am I, some kind of asshole? I'm going <laughs> to choose, choose the, 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 the one that I was on, you know, as my favorite. And then you go like, uh, well, actually I was kind of going <laughs> to choose one that I was kind of a part of. And then I felt like the asshole. So, and I felt <laughs> like even more of an asshole when I listened back to it and it was so great. So, uh, producer Jeremy, can you play the first part of that right now. And we'll come back and we'll talk a little bit about it afterwards. Want to play TV theme songs? Sure. You know how to play that? Oh, I'll hum a theme song. If you guess it, you get to hum one. If you, if you, if I guess it, I get to have it back. Okay. If you get three in a row, you win. Okay, I'm okay. good at that. Okay. Perry Mason. You got it. Bumper, 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 Okay, I got one. Okay. Yes. What is it? I don't know, but you're doing it great. Mount Baker. You take the good, you take the bad, you take them both, and there you have the facts of life. The f- facts of life? There's a time you got to go 
and show. You're growing now. You know about the facts of life. The facts of life. Never seems to be living up to your dreams. And suddenly, you're finding out the facts of life are all about you. You. It takes a lot to get them right. When you're learning the facts of life. 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 Learning the the facts facts of life. You take the good, you take the bad, you take them both and there you have the facts of life. The facts of life. There's a time you gotta go and show you grow and now you know about the facts of life. The facts of life. Yes, indeed. All about you. All about us. That's not a weird um, religious seance you stumbled into at the top of the show. No, my friends, this is a very special Friday afternoon edition of TVTL, the show that's probably too beautiful to live. Uh, Today, we are talking uh, TV theme songs. My name is Luke Burbank. I'm your host. Uh, This episode, what is it, Flash? 800 and... 848 in the Collector's Series. Uh, Jen Flash Andrews, longtime producer of the program, is here. Hi, Jen. Hi, Luke. Also, uh, Sean DeTore, Japan's number one mixer. Hi. How you doing, Shawnee? I'm doing pretty darn good. It's been a long time since yeah. you came down into the uh, the basement. Yeah, it's nice to be here with the two of you guys. Um, we uh, Sorry, we're, it's a little frantic at the top. We, were just, we had to switch seats with the TVTL players um, who were just here opening the show. And, uh, they never understand that it, it should be a quick turnaround. Yeah, right? it's you like know? they're on their own clock, <laughs> the TVTL players, who, if you aren't familiar with them, some of the finest actors, I think of all time. I would say of our time, but but they're the finest actors maybe of all time. And uh, they uh, they come in from all over the world to help us with dramatic performances. The problem is just right in front of me, like where I'm now sitting, there are over 13 paper cups of hot tea that the guy who, you mm-hmm. know— the guy who was sitting in this chair before me has apparently to drink for his voice because he says it's his instrument. Mm-hmm. He says it's insured. Well, you can hear it. I by mean, Lloyd's of London it. for a million dollars. It's amazing. Um, but it, to be honest with you, now I have to clean up all of this stuff. So <laughs> anyway, that's that's how committed we are to uh, talking about TV themes uh, with you today. Flash, will you uh, – the, the actually, the technical uh, title of today's show is TV Theme Songs, Why It Matters. Yes. Um, and, and where did this come from? Uh, this came from our listener, Christy. And uh, I think it was maybe when we did um, our love gram to Japan that, that the TVTL players came in to do Star Blazers. Mm-hmm. And we just kind of mentioned offhand how great the old TV theme songs were. And Christy sent us uh, an email saying, please, please do a Why It Matters. And she wrote, just like every self-respecting 80s kid, my life revolved around TV. Transformers before school, Smurfs after, bedtime after primetime. As latchkey kids, my sister and I had hours to entertain ourselves, which almost exclusively consisted of creating dance routines to the TV theme songs. Our most intricate was to family ties, (laughs) whereby the sha-la-la-la, she would be spinning on point at the back of the couch while I was kneeling hands down in a butterfly motion in front of her face. I thought every kid did this. (laughs) So I loved that email. I loved that idea. And uh, 
I'll put on a little bit of that for a second. Oh, yeah. Oops. Not that one. See? See how fun it is I to do. be sitting behind the computer? I do see it now. <laughs> Challenging. Now it's hard. I bet we've been together for a million Just imagine Christy and her sister, butterflies, dancing around their living room. Pirouettes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's amazing. <laughs> so anyway, I thought it would be really fun to do this. I think it's interesting how, how these songs, particularly from the 80s, we'll get into this at length, but they're, they all feel like they were written by Atlantic Star. Yes. They're so romantic, and 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 the way that TV theme songs uh, are utilized now has really changed. It's they're much shorter. Mm-hmm. It seems like they don't usually have words anymore because mm-hmm. they just want to get right into the programming. Um, but in the olden days, it's like they're writing full-on love songs. Here it comes. And butterfly. And butterfly. <laughs> Bowing at the feet of but your I, sister. I thought that we would would kick this off with a little party icebreaker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So okay. I thought we'd we'd kind of pit Luke against Sean and who knows their TV theme songs better. Okay. Mm. So I'll play some quick snippets and if you know what the song is, Ooh, this you is gotta holler it out. Fun. This okay. Is be fun. Yeah. I feel like okay. I feel going in that. Um, I've been alive slightly longer than Sean, so that's a slight advantage for me. But. Uh-huh. Sean probably had a, t- a proper working TV at his house as a child, and we kind of didn't. It was in and out. Sean watched yeah. way more TV than you did, so yeah. I think I Sean has the did edge. watch a lot of TV, yes, okay. and I just love TV theme yeah. songs. Yeah. yeah, I think I, my, my bets, which I placed earlier today mm-hmm. at the Driftwood, yes. are on Sean. Uh-huh. <laughs> Is that next to the Drift on in? <laughs> I wish somebody would have told me about that because I've been getting my clock cleaned at the Drift on in. <laughs> it's yeah, more, go to the Driftwood. <laughs> it's more Western. Than... <laughs> okay, okay. okay. So I thought I would kick off with um, the f- the first uh, category of theme songs, which is the instrumental. Okay. So so the first few will be instrumentals. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. Just holler out if you know it. I know. Nine two one zero. That's that was a tie. Whoa. <laughs> that was amazingly that, in sync. We interestingly <laughs> enough, we we try to do things in sync all the time, and it never works. And that one. And you both went, oh, raised your hand, and then said it exactly at the same moment. We both, I think, totally processed it at the exact same time. Okay, number two. Little House on the Prairie? No. No. Wait, is that the whole thing? No, it can keep going. Can I keep guessing? Sure. Oh, my God, I totally... Uh, Highway to Heaven. No, it's it's. This is in the two thousands. I know this steak. It's what's for dinner. <laughs> I'm uh, Matthew McConaughey. It, uh, you see, written by Aaron Sorkin. Oh, The West Wing. Yes. Oh. Okay. I never watched that show. I didn't either. <laughs> All right, so you're tied. Yeah. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Wait, we'll have to play. There's a lot of gear in between <laughs> us. <laughs> Oh, this oh, is Study oh, Rock. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> would not have expected it. Wow. I would not right. have expected. Ringer. Nice one, Shawnee. All righty. Ooh, so X-Files. Yes. Wow. Not even close. Sean. Not even close. Okay. Ooh, MASH. Yes. Holy latchkey kid. Suicide is painless. gracious. <laughs> Star, uh, Little House. Yes. Damn it. I was going to say Star Trek. <laughs> My childhood. What? What? Uh, okay. 
Oh, uh, Parks and Rec. Yes. Ah. Is anybody Cur- keeping score? I'm, I'm currently a latchkey kid. <laughs> <laughs> you supposed to be keeping score? I should have been keeping score. No, no, she's, uh, she's working the ones uh, and twos. It's, it's Sean, uh, Sean got one, two, three in a row. Yeah. Uh, you tied on one, and Luke got Little House and Parks and Rec. So actually, so four you're ahead by one. You're ahead by one. Okay. You're ahead yeah. four to three or something. Okay. okay, so now we're moving out of the instrumentals. You know, what's interesting about this is Sean paid better attention, uh, 30 Rock notwithstanding, but Sean paid better attention when we were young people, kids. You you just like you need one bar of those things. Yeah. But when it comes now to like being a person who watches too much TV, that's why. <laughs> like it's you're, you're you know what? Yeah. You're you're in my house now, Grandma. <laughs> See, that's right. Because I I don't because I'm watch currently a, a latchkey kid now like, <laughs> at my own house. Yeah. Okay. Okay, we're moving out of the instrumentals now. Okay. okay. So you'll maybe get some hints from the words. Okay. Yes. No. no do um, Malcolm in the middle. I got it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can you repeat the question? <laughs> That's a great theme song, yeah. actually. I wish I would have thought of that for our, our list. Isn't it? Uh, they Might Be Giants. They yeah, sing that, don't I they? I believe so. So I, I believe we're now five, five to three. I'm keeping yep. score. Yeah. Oh, you are now. Okay, good. Excellent. Okay. Uh, rest Development. Yes. Ah. Yes. Good move. All right. Here we go. If you're Definitely a show about ladies. Yes. Just Designing women? But they're not called ladies. And they're not called women. Designing they're not called females. Not ladies, women, or females. Girls? Yes. It's not, but it's... it's Gilmore Girls? Yes. Oh, wow. <laughs> See, that was just based on the awesome hinting because I could not tell you... The, what you didn't know Carol King sang the theme song for really? Gilmore Girls. I didn't, but it would explain a <laughs> I lot. Love her. No, so, people, people I love swear that by Gilmore Girls. It's uh, now a tie, five to five here. Right. Five to five. Okay, here we go. <laughs> oh, oh, this uh, is the Friends. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just glad my brain is working so sharp today. Yeah, I'm proud of you both, actually. I'm, I'm proud of Sean. I'm definitely, I'm definitely underwhelming. Are you guys doing okay? Yeah. Like a few more? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Let's keep it going. I assume this is the next one. Laverne and Shirley. Yes. Not even close. <laughs> What's the score now? Uh, I have seven. Luke has five. Okay, so let's play first person to ten. Okay. How about that? Sure. I like it. I okay. like it. Here we go. Oh, oh, this is uh, 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 the Sopranos. Is, yeah. Yes, <laughs> the guy is from New Jersey, and he didn't get it. Okay. Uh, right. How great it, and unexpected, and and then ultimately, how great was that theme song? But the thing about that theme song is, in a million years, it would have never occurred to me for that to be the Sopranos theme song. And I wonder if it just felt great because I love the show so much that. After five, six, however many seasons, you you identify it with a Sopranos episode is about to occur. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So now you just love it. So it... Like, the point being, like, if you just anything that you that, that you use in a repeated way and mm-hmm. attach to something that people like, something larger, they'll right. just eventually be like, like I can't imagine any other theme right. for that show, even though it makes zero sense as far as I can tell. I mean, I understand lyrically you could break it down and say there are parallels, but I mean, it's a bizarre choice of song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But a good one. Okay. All right. I'm coming back. It's six to seven, right? It sure is, Luke. Thank okay. You, <laughs> oh, family guy. Family guy one. Oh, Luke got it. Damn it. By a nose. Because Sean said, this is. <laughs> <laughs> that was, that was, 
just by a <laughs> oh gosh okay seven seven okay. this is turning into quite a barn burner yeah. now the world hey oh different strokes damn it Sean, you have to stop saying other words. <laughs> I, I first thought growing pains. I first thought something else that was wrong. <laughs> okay. This one's going to go fast. Eight, seven. Cheers. No, there you go. Cheers. Yeah. Yep. I'm getting ahead of myself. You got it. See, that time you just went with your instinct. You didn't try to, like, preface it. No. Yeah, just, just... I feel happy of myself. <laughs> Spoke from the heart. So we have 8-8 eight, eight is the score. Oh, my eight, God. Eight. This is a barn burner. Oh. oh, Mr. Belvedere. Yes. And I said, oh, and yeah. I still got it. Okay. Oh, because it then it goes into Leon Redbone yeah. mode. <laughs> See, I always think of that as being the Mr. Belvedere song, but it starts off yeah. all fancy. Yeah. Oh, to China. It's putting on airs yes. at the beginning because that's his China. former life. Never met I was talking to somebody in a band. Were we all talking to somebody in a band together and telling them they should cover Mr. Belvedere? I feel like uh, it's know, come up a couple times Aaron lately. Mason, he did his own cover of this Mr. Belvedere theme song, and it is great. Oh, maybe that was what who I was talking I don't to know about it, Sasquatch. I was telling some – I feel like – I could be misremembering. I was feeling like I was telling someone – in some indie band, if you want to just mm-hmm. crush it for your encore, play the Mr. Belvedere <laughs> theme song. People, people would go crazy. Flip out. Okay. Okay. This so, is for the uh, win. This right? is for the win. Nine for to eight, me. Dettori. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. Family. Full house. Yes. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Thanks to my child who was obsessed and still oh. is obsessed with Full House. She. When she was, you know, 14 and 15 and very mature of brain, loved Full House. She was like, would just watch episode after episode because she said it's very mindless. Mm-hmm. All yes. right, nine to nine. Thanks, Dad. Shoot. All righty, here we go. Uh, Beverly Hillbillies. Yes! What? Uh, oh, you had a good pull yeah. You wow. guys, you both did an amazing job. Sean. Actually, Luke, I'm kind of amazed by you because I always think of you as being in a house that didn't have a TV. Um, but I went to Fred Meyer on Lake City and watched a lot of TV in the electronics. Sean, that was impressive. That was that was really good. That was fun. I'm sorry that last one wasn't fair. It's from the olden days. It's just when I did when we did get our hands on a TV in the Burbank household, it was it was not connected to any cable, and so we'd watch a lot of KTZZ, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that was all the old ass shows yeah. like. Beverly Hillbillies, Hogan's Heroes, McHale's Navy. Mm-hmm. Was that Channel 11 back in the day? Yeah. Uh, no, Channel 22. Because it was UHF. Rem- yeah. Remember they, you got that little like antenna that you could get at yeah. 7-Eleven or whatever? That was awesome. Sean, you are formidable. <laughs> I am sweating. <laughs> you are. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we've got actually uh, – Jen, thank you for putting that together. That was really yeah, fun. Yeah. Uh, people are crashing their cars. <laughs> People will be crashing their cars all over America for the next four years while they listen. At whatever point they catch up with this episode, just yelling like, you know, so we've we've created an entertaining episode and a safety hazard. Well, in putting these together, I was able to come up with what I think are the four distinct categories, first of all, of the TV theme song. Mm -hmm. Uh, The first one is the instrumental. Your A-Team, Dexter, West Wing, X-Files. Now, let me – okay. Can I say something about A-Team though? Mm-hmm. Um, and do you actually have A-Team there? I do. Can you – do you mind favoring us with that? Um, <laughs> because what, the reason I don't think of it strictly as an instrumental is because of the talking part at the beginning. 
But you probably cut that out, right, Jen? Because oh. you, you carefully edited these. Yeah, I but, did. I'm but, not seeing that one, though. But that, but that message, that message at the top, you know, in whatever is it, in 1976, yes. yeah. an elite group of commandos were sentenced for a crime they didn't commit. That was like that preamble. That was actually, to me, the most like memorable part of that song because it's the story of, you know. And that kind of leads into, and that's why I was not sure kind of where to put it, um, mm-hmm. because most people just think of, dun, 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 dun. but um, I want to say it. What I got to do to get the I know the original. well the second category is the classic explanation. Mm. This is your Brady Bunch, your Gilligan's Island, mm-hmm. uh, right. Beverly Hillbillies, Arrested Development, Law and Order, Fresh Prince, even Fresh Prince. These shows that tell you every single thing you need to know to, to enter any episode. Yeah, all you need is that beginning, and and that's kind of I call it the classic explanation. And and you know, Arrested Development is still doing that. Law and Order um, still does that. You know, mm-hmm. in the legal system, and then. The third category is what I call mood. And these are songs that actually don't have anything specifically to do with what the show is about, mm-hmm. but it sets them, it puts you in the right mood to watch it. And I would say Growing Pains, Perfect Strangers, Full House. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, um, for instance, Full House, you know, everywhere you look, there's a hand to hold on to. Everyone, everywhere you look, there's someone who loves you. I mean, these are kids that their mom died, mm-hmm. and their uncle and the and the dad's best friend have moved in to help them, and so they're not going to miss a beat. They're still going to be loved. They're still going to be cared for. So right. you still have, like, the mood. And the perfect strangers riding high. Yes. You know, on my the wings of my dreams, that's Balky coming to America. And also, at the beginning, you know, sometimes you think that it's perfect and doesn't need to be rearranged. It's like, right. you know, Larry was just going through life thinking, everything's great, I don't need anything, and he didn't know how much he needed community. Right. And I think that um, – so, you know, I, so that's what I would call a setting the mood song. Mm-hmm. And then the final one – the final category is uh, what I called previously recorded. 70s show, um, Weeds uses Little Boxes, Big Love uses God Only Knows, mm-hmm. Parenthood uses Bob Dylan's Forever Young. Um, you know, so there's all these shows that just kind of co-opted a popular right, song right. to use for their show. So that's that's kind of what I came up with as the four categories. That's Do you guys a pretty think good that's, breakdown. Am I um, missing a – a, a category do you think well what about like for example um you know taxi is one of my choices for a theme song that i really love it sets a mood but not necessarily the mood of the show because it's a comedy show but it's a very somber sort of song um yeah i have to say that my whole childhood when i was around a tv and taxi would come on i would always leave the room or change the channel because I thought it was a downer. I didn't even, I don't think I even put it together that it was a comedy. I think this is such an odd choice. I mean, I guess I can see why you like it as a Steely Dan fan. They're coming to town this July, by the way, (laughs) Steely Dan. Um, but I mean, I guess you could kind of listen to it and it kind of gives you the vibe of New York City, the little organ. And at night, right. it kind of also has that feeling of, you know, these people that work at night. So maybe it does work because you would think the characters in the show, or maybe in real life, they maybe aren't the happiest folks. They're working at this right, place. Right, it's kind of it's melancholy. Yeah. And they look like Danny DeVito. Right, or they were Christopher Lloyd whacked out. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I came up with the four reasons that I think that TV theme songs matter, and okay. I think that, that, the, that the theme song has to work in these four areas in order for it to be a great theme song. Okay. The first one is that it has to introduce and reflect the intention of the show. And that's what we were talking about. Like, it has to set the right tone mm-hmm. for the, what you're about to watch. And then the second one is that it connects you to who you were when you watched it. 
So when you hear that song, you think about your body at whatever time and place it was, whether you were seven years old with your family or you were in high school with your friends or you were just out of college living alone in your first apartment. Yeah. You know what's interesting about about what you're saying is that um, I've been racking my brain yesterday and today trying to think of TV theme songs that are meaningful to me. And when I think of any modern TV theme song, even if I appreciate it, it doesn't take me anywhere. It's, I feel like it has to be based uh, – because I kept going, all I'm thinking of are songs from the 80s. That's all I can think of. Mm-hmm. But that's when you're in this kind of formative state, right, as a kid. Like as an adult, you might – like you're talking about the, the parent, uh, parenthood song, Forever Young. Mm-hmm. Great song. Totally works for that show. It's really good. But it doesn't take me anywhere. It doesn't take me back to a month ago when I was watching Parenthood and drinking wine and, <laughs> yeah. as I've said before, crying because every episode of Parenthood involves three different moments of crying for me secretly – trying to use my knee to block my face so Vanessa doesn't see me weeping. But but you know what I mean? Like yeah. like so it's 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 almost I almost I almost think it's less about the song and more about what age you're at. Yes, I can I, see that. When you hear it, it I think it immediately you think of yourself your, even your body, you think of what it looked like at the time that you were into that show, how little you were, mm-hmm. if you were wearing pajamas, you know, all that kind of thing. And then the third thing I think is it connects you to what your hopes and dreams were at that time. Because so much mm. about those shows is what you wish your house looked like and yes. what you wish your parents were like and what you wish your best friends were like and what you you know what I mean? Like or what you hope you're you're gonna look like when you're older. Mm-hmm. You know what I it, those songs to me they connect to all my little hopes that I had when I was watching the show and how much I wanted to be like those people. Yeah, I always wish that I was sort of like uh, you know, Tony Maselli. I always wished I had a male housekeeper that could take care of me. You, know, you wanted to be him or just have him in the my house? My thoughts are all confused because whenever we've got uh, that character in my view, I just kind of get sweaty. Yeah. Angela! Um, you know what? Actually, Van, I wish uh, we could could bring her into this because she's told me before. You know, she grew up in East Los Angeles. She's Mexican-American. Grew up with, in terms of her immediate neighborhood, immediate family, just like all Spanish-speaking people, a lot of whom who were, you know, recent immigrants to this country. She used to watch... Who's the boss? And she used to think, I want to be exactly like Angela Bowers. Mm-hmm. Like that was her archetype. That was her role model for like a lady who had like this beautiful house in Connecticut and was a lawyer and wore shoulder pads. Yeah, and carried a briefcase. Like I totally can see that. Mm-hmm. I was completely on the subject of that show, which I, I, I maybe watched 10 times in my life. I was always completely confused by the Mona character. I don't think the sex pot grandma. The sex pot yeah. you. Yeah, why was that weird to an eight-year-old? I don't know, but I was always like, why do they keep? And she's the one who actually uh, hired Tony before Angela had any prior right. Angela knowledge. Angela would never have hired Tony. No, I think we know that. Yeah. <laughs> Wait. So did he? Li- did they live with them, or yeah. did he just drive yeah. up in that van every day? No, he, he drove up in that van for the interview. For the yeah, and then stayed. Yeah, the for first, seven years, the, the, and then they got married. Yeah, the first episode, which I just bought the whole season on the first season on DVD. The first episode, you see Tony and Samantha getting into their van, talking to their upstairs neighbor. We got to get out of here. I want better life for Samantha. And they drive up to Connecticut, and uh, we find out that Mona had already sort of given him the job, but Angela had to say yes or no, and he talked her into it. Um, and so, yeah, he lives there with them. What's an average night of you watching Who's the Boss on DVD like? <laughs> I'm curious. I assume there is marijuana involved. Uh, and uh, it's late, and you're just you sit down on your bed, and you just like pop in a DVD. Well, I'll tell you, uh, it was just last week, and I watched. It was I got home at like eleven at night or twelve at night, mm-hmm. and I was up until four in the morning, sitting on my couch. I had just a couple of beers, a little puff, and I just sat there and just watched. You know, like does 10 it episodes hold up? 
it does hold up, um, which I was surprised about. It doesn't. I want to say Perfect Strangers holds up better because I have those on DVD, those episodes too. But uh, Who's the Boss does hold up. I laughed, not as much as with Perfect Strangers, but I think if you do watch that show, you'll be sweetly surprised that, you know, you're rooting for these characters. You want Tony because you yeah. know how it turns out. Right, yeah, right, You want right. them to get together and you want to watch Samantha grow up and get horny all over again. <laughs> And star in Poison Ivy 2 <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. Here's uh, what listener Sarah sent in about uh, her favorite theme song. So theme songs matter because they're the Pavlovian trigger for the memories of all the lessons we learn from our favorite TV shows. Such yeah, why as you start that up? Start that over. Why buddy bands will always be... So... Theme songs matter because they're the Pavlovian trigger for the memories of all the lessons we learned from our favorite TV shows, such as The Dangers of Caffeine Pills, Why Buddy Bands Will Always Be Better Than Friendship Bracelets, What's the and What a Zach Morris Phone Is. Remember because our popular vernacular now includes the term the, the Zach Morris Phone, and everyone knows what that is. So that is why this song matters. I did a bit of Zach Attack arranging on it, so I hope you like it. When I wake up in the morning and the luck gets up on it, I don't think I'll ever make it on time. By the time I get my books and I get myself a look, I'm at the corner just in time to see the bus fly by. It's alright, cause I'm staying by the bell. If the teacher pops a test, I know I'm in a mess, and my dog ain't on my homework last night. Lying low in my chair, she won't know. Wow, so is that as a listener of ours? Yeah, that's Sarah. She sent that in. Where is she? Where does she live? Uh, I'm Somewhere. not sure. That's really cute. Yeah, yeah. So that was a fun one. I I wanted to play. Uh... Wait, on the subject of Jesse Spano and her yeah. caffeine pill freak. Can I just remind everybody of pills? You mean you really are taking drugs? I need them, Jesse. Give me those. I need them, Zach. I have to sing. Jesse, you can't sing tonight. <laughs> I just don't understand how acting didn't work out for Elizabeth Berkeley. That's great. Powerful, powerful stuff. Okay, I'm sorry. What were you going to say next, Flash? Um, oh, and then, then my my final reason why why a TV theme song is great is because it connects you to other viewers. You know, and it's amazing mm-hmm. how often if we start talking about Perfect Strangers or whatever, you know, there will be an immediate connection made between two people. And actually, Robin wrote in um, this letter about the golden girls oh man this i'll tell you what the golden girls are so popular from an ironic standpoint but that is a good show it is and it is a good song yeah it is (laughs) this is what robin said uh when we first bought our house in denver we were lonely and sad to be away from friends about two years ago we started going to a local bar every thursday for the pub quiz we didn't know anyone at first but now we have a quiz team full of people we met at the bar and i count these people among the best friends i've ever had a few months ago, I convinced the quiz master to adopt a tradition of, of having a little uh, karaoke. The song I chose was Golden Girls. I know some of the people in the bar think it's silly, but I love this song with all my heart, and I'd like to have the chance to sing it with my best friends. I think it's important to tell you people that you love them, but that can be hard sometimes, and that's why the Golden Girls theme matters to me. 
So, you know what I mean? It connects you to other people, yeah. these theme songs, a lot of the time. Yeah, that is a great – that one, I don't know if that's on anybody's list, but I think, Jen, you were going it's on your mine. criteria. Yeah. That is – I mean, I hear that song and I'm reminded of when I was a retiree in South Florida. <laughs> with it a, takes you right back. With a wise cracking Estelle Getty. You know, another thing of why TV shows matter to me is it was a way to show off someone's sheer talent of being able to write a meaningful song in like a minute mm-hmm. or a minute and a half. Or like, 30 seconds. Yeah. Right? I guess they yeah. actually, the ones, most ones we're talking about probably were like about a minute long. Yeah. And yeah. that really is a great way. It's people are super talented to, to write something so meaningful that connects with people and yeah. it connects with the show. Yeah. You got to get a lot done. Yeah. And uh, I mean, now l- l- let me, let me. Uh, Throw this out there. Do we feel like our TV sh- do TV shows suffer? Modern TV shows suffer from the fact that they don't have the kind of theme songs like that we remember from the like the eighties. I think for today's generation, maybe they don't. They don't. They're not too familiar like we are with the old school. So, well, what are I'm, like a really? I, I don't know what the what what are what are the what are the popular sitcoms of our day that are network sitcoms? Uh, well, Two and a Half Men has like it's real simple. It's just like men, 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 right. men, yeah. men, men. Otherwise oh. known as really crappy. Yeah, yeah. I awful. know the Big Bang Theory. Prepa- it prepares you for what you're about to watch. <laughs> so at least it actually set, works in set, our criteria. They set yeah. the bar low. Yeah. I know Big Bang Theory has a whole like sciency um, explanation of the Big uh-huh. Bang. Okay. How I Met Your Mother has one, but I don't know because I don't I don't, I don't watch that one. But is there I, still there are, is there still a TGI Friday? Because I loved TGI there's Fridays. Not, no. Full House, Family Matters. Family Matters. Yeah. Uh, Eight is enough. No. Is that right? The Hogan family. Unless you count, yeah. like, where did I come from and Harry's Law. <laughs> what? <laughs> Those are on on Friday night. <laughs> um, well, this is, you know what? I mean, this, I think that it probably ties into the larger um, sort of uh, the fragmentation of the media landscape, right? Because we're, we're trying to think of a sitcom that we all watch and everyone we know watches across the board. And you can't think of that anymore. You know what I mean? No. There used to be cheers and yeah, family there, ties. There is no right. cheers. Cosby and there's show. not even a yeah. Roseanne. Yeah. Like there's not a cause there because everybody's watching. Someone's watching sons of anarchy and someone's yeah. watching intervention and someone's watching there's so many how, channels. How I met your mother. Yeah. So, I mean, it's almost like we may never have going forward another TV show that it's theme song is something that if you started singing it at karaoke, everyone would know that. If you started singing the theme song from the Big Bang Theory, which is like one of the most popular shows yeah. on television, it's equivalent to, I don't know, maybe it's not Cheers level, but it's certainly a bigger thing than Perfect Strangers ever was. Yeah. And yet if you start singing Perfect Strangers somewhere, mm-hmm. you're going to be in for a fine time. Who is keeping it alive today is the cartoons because, you know, going down South Park and oh, Family yeah. Guy and Simpsons, yeah. like the, the cartoons are still doing it. You know, they're still doing a very structured, almost old school Half hour. I, I wonder why that is because, like, the other thing that we've mentioned is that theme songs have gotten shorter and shorter. A thing they tell you in radio is, you know, that uh, everybody just wants to hear exactly what it is that you're talking about. They don't want a lot of uh, messing around. When the As the segment starts, when we come back from a commercial, they don't want you kind of talking about small talk or what the weather is. They want you just to start right in on it. And presumably that's what's happened in TV too is they've collapsed down the theme songs because they've just said, we don't need two minutes of whatever of you know of like free jazz like the mm-hmm. taxi theme song we need you to just get right into the funny make with the funny and nowadays right. you don't even get like when watching who's the boss it reminded me of how i enjoyed watching the old uh sitcoms and then you'd have the uh, opening credits which, which would be like maybe a minute and you'd have a montage 
of episodes that maybe haven't haven't even happened yet. And I, for one, would get excited. I'm like, oh, I can't wait until I see that episode. That looks really fun. Yeah, when he trips over the couch, that's going to be awesome. Right, like I haven't seen that, you know, and so Mm -hmm. we don't even get that anymore, I don't think. What was the Blossom theme? I don't remember. I played that once at Trivia. I know she's doing, like, walkovers. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I know she's doing, like, hand. That's amazing. I'm going to find that in Flash. I I see on the list here that we had a submission from Dave and Gary. They they sent in uh, a, a TV theme song that... We 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 became uh, obsessed with lately. Here we go. This right. is uh, Dave and Gary. All right. We're off to outer space. <laughs> We're leaving Mother Earth to save the human race. Our star blazers searching for a Okay, that was, as I said, that was one of the best TBTL segments, uh, podcasts, whatever, of all time. I mean, we, we're talking about doing segments, but really, this entire podcast was something that Jen just laid out, and in her producer way, it was tight. There was the game show, the icebreaker at the beginning, then they got into actually talking about the theme songs, playing the theme songs. Everything was preloaded. Everything was ready to go. It really made Andrew look pretty silly in retrospect. <laughs> yeah, it was great. I mean, the why why it matters what, in all of them, even if it's something that I don't really even care for, um, the Battlestar Galactica, for instance, it is so fascinating because I love how Jen would – bring the tens in to to talk about why it mattered to them and it it was just a segment it usually be the last hour of the show but when it became podcast it was really tightly great produced had all the great elements in it because they had one hour to do it so that's why i i really liked this one not just even if i hadn't but because theme songs meant so much to me and i think people of of my generation too I mean, they talked about it a little bit in there that we don't have theme songs like that anymore. Yeah, the, the one of the theme songs they talked about a lot was the theme song from Taxi. And I think Jen may have said right in the middle there that it didn't really communicate anything except the mood of the show. And that was, these are adults probably not doing that great in their life. And it's going to be a comedy, but we definitely want you to know, (laughs) we want you to know the tone uh, is coming. So there was so much about this and and you can get the rest of it at littleredbandwagon.com. We played probably the first half of it. In the second half, Christy, um, if I'm not mistaken, they choose their five best of all time, right? Yes. And this is classic TBTL. Luke decided to buy what he got there was a package on itunes of 100 theme songs and he's like great this is a great price buys them there are covers that are horrible the 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 um music's off and so that's hilarious they didn't have the some of the theme songs so they had to sing some of them they don't they when they do mashups they didn't have enough media to play all the songs at the same time this is classic tbtl greatness right there I just love everything they had 
the TBTL players, like you said, the mashup, all of it was the tens contributions. It was yeah, it perfect. was it was really like the the radio days got distilled down to this special sauce and just that one yes. episode. So uh enjoyed that clip and and everyone should enjoy the rest of it for sure at uh, littleredbandwagon.com and so this brings us uh toward the end here of our uh inaugural edition uh episode 1 and Christy this is going to be really important um this is going to be a listener driven show we need their contributions we need them as guests uh we need them as researchers also Yes. So how do people get in touch and and what should they do? Go to littleredbandwagon.com and we will have a a form to fill out your name. Um, You can put in what your favorite segment is. We would much appreciate if you found your episode because the website mynorthwest.com, that's where you go to find the really old ones. Um, is really hard to navigate. So if you know, or you can even just tell me a time frame, anything that we can try to find that episode would be perfect. And we're just going to start taking people as they come to us. And, and Christy, not only do we want to know what your favorite episode was, sorry, or your favorite segment was, we want to know why, because we're going to be talking to you about it. I mean, like the, the Starbucks uh, role play tonight to me was really funny and Um, I would love to hear it any time on TBTL, but I don't really have a compelling reason, you know, why I would bring it up as my favorite in history. Mm -hmm. I, it has to be something that connected with you emotionally, something that made you think or made you a fan forever, or, you know, can't just be, oh, this was a funny segment. I like that poop story. Tell me why, tell us why. That's what we really want to know because we're going to get into it with you on the show. And you can reach out to us on our Facebook, which is Little Red Bandwagon, and or on the Stens page. Uh, we can tweet us. I'm hey. at Kissy Eyes. Spell that. K-I-S-S-I-E-Y-E-S. And I'm at Drew McFrizz. Please follow me, D-R-E-W-M-C-F-R-I-Z-Z. I am one of the... Mm, Top 10,000 funniest people on Twitter. <laughs> yep. Uh, now that you know how Twitter works, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now that I'm not, now that I'm not tweeting my, my immediate bathroom needs. <laughs> when the cleaning lady's here, I'm not tweeting about how I'm going to the library to poop. Right. I fig- I figured out how not to do that. Good. Good. And um, show Twitter LRB podcast. And let's go with LRB you know, going forward as our shorthand because Little Red Bandwagon is really hard to say. Yeah. I don't care if you've only had eight beers. Um, LRB is way easier. Yes. And I'm so used to the, you know, you can't ride on my Little Red Wagon that I forget band all the time. Right, right. So I like LRB. Mm-hmm. And you can email us at littleredbandwagon at com, And we have set up a voicemail. It's 802 432 TBTL 802-432-8285. Have we set up an outgoing on there? No, we need to. Yeah, because uh, let's will. be careful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're not trying to hurt anybody, so we'll we'll set up a good outgoing on there. 
Um, uh, Christy has a, a podcast called Nerd Out Loud, and that is a show where they get people on who are passionate about things. It's, I would say that it's more akin to something like we're doing here, you know, people that are really into something talking about it. And as you said earlier about like the Battlestar Galactica or whatever, like you may not be into it, but hearing someone who's passionate about it is always interesting. So yes. Nerd Out Loud is a good show for that. Uh, recently they had a guy on who was uh, something like president of the jerky society of of the the – of the world, the U.S., something like that. Something like that. <laughs> and, jerk-off competition. Right, right. He talked about how the, every year they have a jerk-off competition, which, you know, that and the Sausage Fest are a couple events I'm going to steer clear of. But, you know, <laughs> hey, if if you want to go, you know, God bless. So uh, Nerd Out Loud, you can get that on, on all your, your pod grabber devices. And the Takedown Podcast is mine and Jeremy, our producer, Jeremy – he is our co-host on uh, Takedown along with Matt, and it is a show where we just really go hard after dumb people, dumb things, and each other because we count ourselves in that <clears throat> in that dumb category. So those are the places that you can catch us if you like us. And speaking of liking us, just uh, please go on Facebook and like us, and then anything you need, just like Christy said, littleredbandwagon.com, links to everything are there so that i think that's it for tonight christy you want to take us out yes until next time this is the next party and we love you jen nailed it